Yo, thank you for listening to Coffee Sometimes. If you're new here, then welcome. Every week we talk about coffee, business, and some other stuff in hopes that some of the things we've learned in the past can help you in your coffee journey. We really like doing this, and the best way you can help us continue is by subscribing and liking our content on YouTube and following and reviewing on your podcast app of choice. Lastly, if you find what you hear helpful, please share on your social media platforms and with your friends who might be interested in learning a thing or two about coffee and running a coffee business. All right, thanks for listening. Here's the show. Coffee sometimes. Are you in the cafe? I I am in the roastery. Um our, we moved our cafe out towards uh, into across the parking lot to a new space. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so are I'm you in the sitting roadster, in? I bought back and forth all day. What was like the entrance right now? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So where you guys sat, that is where I am sitting. So yep. very cool. Wow. Nice fridge. Thanks. Um, we have planned to use it in our new space. We bought it like years ago off Craigslist um, from this bar that was closing, and. Um, so we've been like literally holding on to it to use for years. And then when we were building up a new space, we couldn't make it work because of the counter height. Oh, man. But I mean, we still need it and it's fine. We just use it here instead. So That's nice. Our longest running fridge we bought for $50 off of someone that was closing. And it's... Wow. We've had a ton of fridge issues, like buying, buying brands that aren't that nice. Uh <laughs> But our longest We've running had one, the equivalent of with dishwashers. Mm. God, that's 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 tough. The reason we bought this is because we <laughs> needed a dishwasher because our other dishwasher we bought used broke, and it was like the cost to fix it was more than it was worth, and like also it's going to be like five hundred dollars just to pay someone to come Oof. at Oof. all because of the travel costs uh, from Boston, and so we need a new fridge. We found the or we needed a new dishwasher. We found a dishwasher on Craigslist. They're like, but you have to take the fridge too. <laughs> They're like, okay. Uh, all right. Now you got a fridge. <laughs> and that was, and fridge that was fridge. Was. No joke. Is that a three door? How did you move it? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> so we have a trailer because we used to do pop-ups. Um, and <laughs> Chris and I moved it ourselves. Dude. Um, so yeah, it was great. And then so we've moved it home for a little while. We didn't have a space here. And then we had to move it back here. And Chris's dad was here to help. And we were all kind of moving in. There was a a lot of yelling and um but when it was Chris and I it was just a lot of laughter of like this is so stupid. Yeah. Like <laughs> why are we trying to do this on our own? But we did it, so Wow, isn't that kind of metaphorical for you know the journey of starting a business wow. with a partner? <laughs> That's wow. beautiful. Uh, Why? Well, hey, let me let me just formally start and introduce our guest, Melissa Bartz of Little Wolf Coffee. Let's give it up. Let's Woo! give it up for Melissa in uh, up in Ipswich, Massachusetts. Does anyone in Massachusetts call it Massachusetts? Because my middle school teacher called it Massachusetts. Club. Uh, <laughs> Dang, we're nope. gonna kind of we're gonna kind of hang out in that area. Most <laughs> yeah. of the pronunciation. Uh, you know, I haven't met anyone 
even not living in Massachusetts, living in Florida, living in mm. Connecticut, that's never called it that. But um, I learned something new every that's day. That's hard to hear. Yeah, Massachusetts. Anyways, but hey, thanks for being on the program. What a delight. Uh, I guess the only background we have together is that we've always fanboyed over Little Wolf Coffee since we started. Oh, yeah. We kind of started along the same timeline back in 2016. And last October, we made it up there and got to meet Melissa and Chris and some of the Little Wolf crew. And it was an absolute delight. It was a treat. You I, might even say it's an absolute treat. Yeah, to steal the tagline of our company, it was an absolute treat. I remember that was a that uh, was a big bright spot of the trip. Oh uh, yeah, especially in the realm of hospitality and coffee, was getting to hang out and talk with you and hear your story. So, thanks for being on our turf virtually. Yeah. Today. Well, it's it's always interesting, like when you follow a company from afar, no matter if it's if you're in coffee or hospitality or clothing or whatever. You like their social media, media. You like, you know, their branding, and then you actually like taste their coffee for the first time, and it's like, whoa, is it going to be good? Like, is their coffee as good as their branding is? Uh, and it was awesome. Like every everything, whenever the three of us, uh, me, Riley, and Ethan, go to a coffee shop, we always have the same order. It's really cute. Super cute. Um, Wait, we, what do you think it is if three? Coffee guys go into a cafe. What are, what are they ordering? I feel like it's a joke. Like three guys walk into a bar. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm guessing, do you guys share drinks or do you all get your own? We get our own and we pass them around. Okay, so there's definitely a drip coffee. Yep. There's definitely an espresso. <laughs> yep. And I'm guessing maybe a cortado. Close. close. So close. Add one Cappuccino. ounce of milk. Cappuccino. Yes. It was going to be cappuccino or a cortado. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it probably yeah. used to be a cortado if it was four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, we've grown up. We've, uh, <laughs> as, as our volume of milk, yeah. I guess. Uh, you know, that is the same. Like when Chris and I travel, we obviously will go to coffee shops like you. And um, he always gets an espresso. And I usually get a drip or we share a drip and I get a cappuccino. So... Mm. If the cafe has one and ones, then it's like one and one drip, and then maybe like a uh, you know pour over a little something different, a specialty yeah. item. Yeah, but it, it was just really great to to see how your coffee and just the quality of the drinks that you're daily serving like really held up to like your brand feels like your cafe. The, the oh, visual, okay. the visual elements, the social media, all of that feels like walking into, you know, your cafe at the time. So it's really. Cool. It is like a really interesting. You know, I, I guess I've actually never thought about that, but there are times when you go somewhere and you are let down because it's like super cute, uh, like location or restaurant cafe or and like super cute packaging and a cute brand great social media and then you go and you're like this isn't great right is, yeah like this is not great coffee or like this is really bad service um or just like overall bad experience and you're like it is kind of a i guess slashes the dream yeah it feels feels very corporate it feels like they uh they invested all of their their investor money into uh their marketing budget but like yes. n- not anywhere else yeah 
And you can have cool photo ops within a cafe, but not a well-designed cafe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. hey, Melissa, why don't you just give us and our listeners a little idea of uh, your background? Where are you from? Uh, kind of how did you maybe get into the coffee industry? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, and then I moved to Florida in middle school. Um I usually don't tell people about the Florida because not, not a lot of people want to be from Florida. Oh, um, come on. And uh, about, let's see, when I was 21, uh, we moved, Chris and I moved to Seattle um, for a little bit. And that's kind of where we fell in love with coffee because uh, we both went to college in Boston. And um, the coffee scene there was like very behind. And, uh, I was actually not a big coffee drinker. I drank a lot of hot chocolates and uh, tea, big tea drinker. And so the only coffee drink I would drink is a mocha. And um, uh, so a lot of expertise on coffee, clearly. Um, And there was one specialty coffee shop that was right near where I lived in Boston. It was right next to Starbucks. And I actually would choose between the two. And like most of the time I chose Starbucks because the service was friendlier at Starbucks. And I hated having to, like, I was like, well, I know the mocha there is better at this other shop. I don't know why. Like, I don't know why it's better. I know it's, like, probably better coffee and chocolate, but I don't know why. Um, But I don't like going in there because I don't like the way I'm treated. And I kind of feel like I'm not cool. And um, so most of the time I would just go to Starbucks because experience is better. Um, And I always got a small. So it wasn't really about the size of the drink or anything like that. Um, And so then when we moved to Seattle, um, Chris started finding like little cafes for us to go to in the morning. It's kind of like a little date thing on the weekends or um, he worked from home. So we would go before I went to work um, or we would go after work with our Husky. We would walk her around and one of us would go pop in and get coffee. And um, so it just kind of became our thing of like trying on these coffee shops. And we had night, we both love wine and, um, it was very eye-opening of like, oh, I had no idea what coffee could be. That coffee had like all these flavors and all um, the coffee just wasn't coffee. And uh, so really opened our eyes of like what roasting was and um, where the different origins of coffee and uh, all sorts of things. It just a huge world of coffee that is not just like Starbucks and Dunkin'. Mm. Um, Yeah. So that, that was kind of like how we fell in love with coffee and Chris got really into uh, learning more. And um, he, we bought an espresso machine and like for home and he was also doing pour overs and stuff. So he got really into that. And then he started roasting at home. And um, we, at some point for many reasons decided like he wanted to do something he was more passionate about. And um, we had talked about like a cafe or a roastery or which one do we want to do? And then we're like, let's do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what really was like the deciding factor is we had ordered wine from this couple who quit their um, finance jobs and moved to France to make wine. And they were hand delivering all their bottles across the America. And it was their first vintage. And um, so they invited us to, their sister's house where they were like giving us the wine and they were just talking about like, yeah, we just wanted to do something we were passionate about. And like, it was really hard and we have to work really hard to be accepted into Burgundy. And, um, but yeah, we make wine and we love it. And it was so inspiring to hear them just like take this big chance in life. Cool. Um, and that was kind of the night we were like, yeah, let's just do this. Um, 
so yeah that was kind of the start i obviously wow. kind of contacted i'm sure i missed something but oh that's great thank you for sharing that shout out uh to that couple that made wine yeah they're um they're awesome I, they're still doing it and we still order from them and um they still come to the u.s and um yeah it's great like it's cool to see them grow um and also us grow yeah have you experienced anyone coming to you and chris and maybe saying the similar thing that happened with you and the wine people of like you people get to watch you guys live and yeah. chase a dream and be like hey that inspired me to do this thing yeah i think um we have had that conversation with people where especially like there's been some couples that are like oh wow like seeing that you do this like i want to do this now i think there was actually has been like some specific situations where people are like you really inspire me to go do my own thing um whether it was coffee or um there's one that I'm like, I, I just can't remember what exactly it was, but uh, it is cool. Cause I mean, the first few years, Chris and I didn't have any employees. So we were here six days a week doing everything all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were Dang. roasting, bagging, briefing, literally everything. Um, and, and we still are here all the time. Chris still does all the roasting. I still bag and embrace and run a company. And like, so we're, here a lot so I think that um a lot of our customers know us and know our faces and know and are a lot of them are our own friends now um so I do think that there's a lot of accessibility of seeing that and um and people being like oh wow like look they're doing that and they're still here and like we I can do that too mm-hmm. what uh so what took you guys from Seattle to Ipswich was that like the move was to start this? Um, so we had moved back to Boston and um, I was in finance and um, I, it was kind of like we knew we were going to do this thing and Chris was like, you can choose wherever we move <clears throat> to from Boston. And I really love Seattle. We both really love the Pacific Northwest and it's really beautiful. Um, but I had some fears about like, we both did about opening a coffee business where there's such an established scene Mm. um so that was really nerve-wracking and it just seemed like very risky of like trying to find our footing when everything is so established and kind of having to know what you're doing on day one um and i also wasn't sure if i was going to go into the coffee business with chris um like whether financially it made sense, whether that that was what I wanted to do. And so I wanted to stay in an area where there was still a lot of career options for like financy stuff. Um, uh, And not just like, oh, there's like one corporate office. Um, I didn't want to do corporate finance. So that was definitely a big factor of it. And um, just also all of our families on the East Coast. So there was a lot of like, okay, I guess I'll just stay in Boston and when we were looking, we wanted to be outside of Boston so that it wasn't like we're in a city and day one, we have to like know what we're doing and like hit the ground running. Mm. Um, and so when we were looking for spaces, we came across that switch because our landlord or our, um, our real estate agent that we'd worked with for a long time uh, lived up here. And he was like, let me just show you around. And we kind of came by this by chance. It was like we were driving past it. 
uh, the, actually the space next to it. And we're like, oh, is that available? And we looked at it and they're like, well, we also have this garage space. Like you're already here. Why don't you look at it? And we were like, oh, wow, this is it. Um, so it was the space. And then um, also like I grew up in a small town and uh, where I lived, there was no chains. Like you couldn't have any fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. And so like really small, there's also a lot of, where I grew up a lot of um, history, like the Redcoats went through it and a lot of old houses. And um, that was really special. Like I didn't go to Toys R Us. I always went to like the toy store downtown. And um, so that was a really special way to grow up. And I think it really fosters small business. So I think that was really important to me too, when we were looking and Ipswich is kind of very similar in that um, I think it's the largest number of um old houses in the country from like 1600s 1700s um yeah yeah and there's uh there's no drive-thrus here allowed there is one duncan that kind of snuck in somehow but like otherwise there's not like an olive garden or anything like that i remember driving past that duncan like it still looked like it was an ipswich duncan though it's like a white (laughs) i think it was like a white kind of like housey residential kind of look to it but I remember you saying that there's like no drive-throughs allowed. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think like that kind of community and like rules and everything really does foster like small businesses and people wanting to go to small business. Right on. Uh, well, hey, so you guys decided to get your company started. Is it true? You said that that you guys started as a as a mobile operation, right? Like on a, on a cart. Or was that just like kind of at the same time? We had the roastery, we had the cafe, and then we also were doing mobile Mm, events. I see. Um, (laughs) The three-headed dragon. Really wanted to do it all as two people. That's awesome. How We have a lot of listeners who found us because we started as a mobile operation and are wanting to do things that way as well. Uh, How how did that, uh, that go for you guys? If you're being honest. Um, yeah, I I think the thing that people don't want to hear is that it is hard. Like mm-hmm. the mobile setup is a pain. And we really had the luxury that we had invested in a really good mobile cart. Um, so it wasn't the setup was like bad and it was like a water issue or anything like that. But it is, A, it's incredibly heavy. But also the fact that we are a cafe, every time we did an event, you were completely breaking down a complete cafe, mm-hmm. putting it into a trailer, setting it up somewhere. And then at the end of the night, we have to come back and do the same thing of like putting together the cafe again. And our bar was the mobile cart. You're triggered so, yeah, over here. We're triggered. We're triggered. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have to come back and redo it all. And it just, it takes hours and it was so exhausting and there's so many levels of complication on this and i know we're not the only ones that have had power issues of like we would get there and there wouldn't be power or the power wasn't strong enough so it kept flicking off and we couldn't use a grinder um yep. Yep. stop so, it melissa <laughs> oh geez. i'm twitching right now this uh, oh my gosh but yeah i yeah, remember I, looking at your pictures of your cart when we were building ours and it was a pretty big point of inspiration for us. Um, And yeah, I definitely see how the, a big drawback would be having to break down your entire bar. But I think there was a picture of the, was it, is it a barista capsule? Is that what it it is? Yeah. Yeah. So I I would see that picture in the space and I'd be like, 
this is great. This is genius. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's good to hear the uh, the other side of it that um, it it made it a little bit challenging. Yeah, I uh, it was definitely very challenging, and financially, there was literally one event every year that was worth it for us. Like mm. every other event was like fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, like just really not financially worth it of being there and the amount of time it took to get there. And um, just if you, I mean, we weren't paying someone because it was just us doing it, but it, it just really, after I think three years, we stopped doing them um, mm-hmm. because it just was not worth the, the costs and also like the breaking down. And if they wanted it to be Saturday, I mean, we had to close our cafe on a Saturday, which is our yep. busiest day. So it was like, well, you have to guarantee I'm going to make more than my cafe would mm-hmm. being open. Yeah. We saw that a lot when we were just, a when our entire operation was on our cart, when we were in a, like a pop-up format, <laughs> uh, then there's also like the intangible side of your guests coming to your cafe and there being like a sign on the door that's just like Mm -hmm. sorry we're closed and then they're like they trust you less yeah yeah that's big 100 percent. because like then it's like well do you not have normal hours and like well it was one saturday but people just don't understand and there is the positive aspect of some people will be see us out and then be like oh i didn't know you had a cafe i'll come visit but I, I mean we would get a couple people and like yeah you have more awareness about like your brand and what you're doing but I think it's very few people who came to us because they saw us at an event. Um, oh, yeah. And I yeah. also think a lot of the events that are up here, um, there's a local brewery that does them all too. So you're competing with food, like delicious grilled cheeses and pizza <laughs> and mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. And they're mostly in the afternoon. And it's really, I, I think it's just coffee's hard to compete with that. Mm-hmm. You're speaking our language. We learned the same thing. Like anytime we would get booked for a wedding, we would always ask, like, "What's the booze situation? Like, is there going to be a you know a bar?" And if there was a a, a bar at the wedding, we knew that we were going to be making maybe twenty five percent of the drinks that we usually would. Um, and then if there wasn't booze at the wedding, we would have like a line the whole time. So <laughs> we'd be we'd be the entertainment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we yeah, would. that's interesting. Um, so with all this, when do you feel like you made the transition from like, this is a dream, it's a startup, we're, we're busting it, we'll see if we make it to like, maybe this certain moment where you kind of looked around and you're like, I don't think we're going anywhere anytime soon. Like this is a sustainable, like career building company. I know you probably have days of both, and I know we do too. Yeah, but. like last week. Uh, that's, <laughs> about, uh, that's when I probably decided that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it was probably a few years in, um, probably after hiring someone, maybe, maybe like three or four years in. I think, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way of roasting. There's so many expenses with roasting um, and the cash flow issues that come with it that it's not just the cafe situation. So we had the benefit of sharing one rent for both our roastery Mm. and our cafe, um, which is fantastic. And it kind of makes it so like, you know, one picks up the slack when the other one isn't doing well. Um, But I think it probably took, I don't know, probably three, four years before it was like, okay, we can probably both keep doing this sustainably and like our company will keep growing. I'm, 
and it wasn't ever like we were going to give up like oh this isn't but it was always like we'll just keep growing that it's actually sustainable for our future Mm, yep yeah you said something interesting with like there's two different trains of thought it's like are we going to make it or are we going to give up because we had the same thing of like we may not make it for a while, but we're never going to give up. <laughs> we're like, we're just going to keep doing this until it works. Um, I guess it sounds like you had a similar idea of like, we're just, we started it and we're going to finish it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that like I worked for the first eight months at Christmas here every day doing everything by himself. So like financially that helped of like me having my own job. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't think it was never to the point that it was like, oh yeah, like we have to shut. And I think because we were like, yeah, we're just gonna, it, this is really hard and we're just gonna keep doing it. But I don't think everyone would have made the same decision. Um, and I think I'm sure you've had the same experience where you understand after doing it of like why so many um, hospitality businesses closed in the first five years of like mm-hmm. the cost and everything of it just not being worth it. So just to keep the the storyline going, you guys were in that kind of garagey space. You had the the cafe with your barista capsule, and then you had the roastery right there. How yes. and that and now you're you're in this new cafe with yeah. the roastery. Break down just that <clears throat> timeline for me. Yeah. So we everything was in the one space. The cafe and the roastery were sharing a space um, until three about a month ago mm-hmm. um so we just moved our cafe out a month ago um which we really needed the space for cafe we lost like so much seating due to green coffee um storage if you will um and covid like that, that covid was really the start of like losing all the seating space um but we also just need so much more room in our roastery to be able to like bag and all of that so we were trying to do that probably for three or four years and finding the right space to either move the roastery or move the cafe. It was really challenging. So uh, it took a long time. But we're here. So probably a month ago, we moved our cafe and out. And you're, you're literally just across the parking lot? Yeah. Like after all that looking, you're just right there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. The, st- the person who had the lease was supposed to be an aquarium store and they never opened in their like four-year lease. Um, so shock, Whoa. he decided to... Ended and that's wild. Um, wow. And so we were like, yes, we will definitely look at that and please us. Um, so yeah, that was like a really great, uh, convenient timing and option. Well, could you give us some specs on the space, square footage, uh, seats, lay- um, bar layout? So I think it's a little over a thousand square feet. Um, I don't know why I'm totally forgetting at this point. Uh, it's been a very long build out process. So my brain's just uh, declined a little bit. Um, so yeah, it's about a thousand square feet and it's roughly 40 seats. Nice. Um, yeah. And there's it's a lot of windows. There's not a ton of um, wall space, but there's a really big bar, which is so great, especially after coming from Barista Capsule. We have so much behind bar space and so nice. much room to move around um so that's great we have a really big bar that has seating and then we do have benches along the walls and then one big table and um, a bar uh, against the windows that's what? cool i'm sorry go ahead oh okay uh that's cool that you were able to have such a big bar and fit 40 seats like that's, in a thousand yeah. foot that's a really wise and efficient 
uh, design layout. Yeah, it was uh, the whole designing of it was very challenging of like, what do we want? What makes sense? But um, yeah, I, I, this actually, we weren't going to have that many seats at the bar and um, we had to change, add an additional bathroom and that kind of changed things. And then we were able to actually add more seats again, um, which was great. Um, yeah, so it's been nice to have so many seats like, because so many people want to hang out and do work. Yes. Uh, what is one of your favorite aspects of the space? What makes you happy when you walk in? Um, so everything is blue. I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it is just a blue dream. Um, and I always wear blue. Uh, so I say that it's my Cinderella castle. Uh, wow. So I'm just like little Cinderella in the, her blue castle. So, uh, I, I love that everything's blue. Everyone has also commented that it just feels like a really happy space. Nice. They're always like, I just feel so happy coming in here. So I think that that is really great to hear that other people feel that it's just like, it makes them happy. It's really playful. That was really, has always been important to us and it is still important that it feels playful. Um, so yeah, I think it's, uh, there's not just one thing. Like we have really fun lights and i think there's just a lot of like little fun touches um in it but yeah i don't know i i did get a pink bathroom which was like my one demand sick (laughs) nice uh if everything was up to me everything would be pink so i got my pink bathroom so that is a a big highlight that's nice by the way uh when we were at little wolf i i copped one of those uh toddler tees that you guys have the ones with the, uh, you know, the dog riding the motorcycle the, thing. Yes. <laughs> and my two-year-old loves that shirt. She she Amazing. calls it she calls it her roughy shirt because there's a dog. <laughs> so I love it. Uh, one cute. of our employees actually bought it for herself, the toddler shirt, and has been wearing it as like a baby team. And oh. I noticed the other week that she had it under overalls. So I was like, "Is that our toddler shirt?" She's like, "Yeah." And I was like. I love that. That is amazing. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so I'm I'm really jealous and I kind of think it's silly that we haven't made it into an adult shirt. So that's kind of a, my goal now is to Growth make an matter, adult yeah. shirt with it yeah, because 20, I want the 2022 I want goal. Mm. So in this cafe, I guess just company wide, uh, how many employees, how big is your team now? Uh... It's always such a hard question. You can, yeah, you can say uh, approximately. I'm like, how many people are there? Um, a range so of three people. Beginning next month, I think there will be eight. Eight. Uh, yeah, we've kind of gone in a big transition of employees, um, and especially moving spaces. Mm-hmm. We needed more baristas because we're just more busy in the, that cafe. We also have the space to have more people working at bar once. Um, so we've been hiring the last few months, so which obviously everyone's having hiring issues, but um, we definitely like as we have grown, need more people, and probably will continue to need more people. Mm. Um, but still a small team. What's the uh, what's the demographic like in Ipswich? And I guess the follow up question would be: Does that inform how you guys operate in any way? Huh interesting um yeah i would say it's mixed there's a lot of people who've been here their whole lives um and 
they are very sensitive about the town and not wanting to change. A lot of people's families have been here since like the 1700s. Like they are townies as they're called. Um, and so they are not usually welcome to change. And then there's also the people that moved up here from Boston or Cambridge um, after like wanting to start a family and get out of the city. So it's really mixed between like people who have settled the town and people who have just moved up here that are like younger professionals. Um, yeah, so it's definitely very mixed between that. And I, I guess it definitely has dictated like how we run our business and that we always wanted to be really welcoming and open. But I think especially being in a small town where there, when we first opened, there was no specialty coffee, like anywhere around us. Um, and it's still pretty deserted up here. Um, but like nobody knew what specialty coffee was. So when people came in, you really did have to be welcoming for them to want to try it for them to want to like be open to something new that isn't Dunkin' or isn't Starbucks or what they're familiar with. Um, so that was a huge aspect of, of who we were and who we are is like making sure people feel welcome in the space and that they're not like, like I felt in Boston, like that they're just not cool enough or whatever. Um, so that's definitely affected us. And also just having drinks available that people are familiar with like we make all of our own syrups but we do make a caramel we do make a vanilla and a chocolate and um seasonal syrups and um i mean they're not monin because we make them so i think it's like having what we want to do on like a better level but still being things that people are familiar with and want right um i think that's also really important and i don't think we are in like a demographic like new york city or los angeles or even maybe seattle where we can do really crazy drinks that are um really interesting and crazy and creative because i just don't think there's necessarily a market for those drinks and also like no one's gonna pay ten dollars for a coffee drink here yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i have a direction we can go but we can stay on the cafe if you, if you guys have pressing what, what are you guys do you guys do like do you feel like your community kind of dictates your business Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we never saw ourselves opening a, a cafe in Alpharetta by any means. Um, we always thought that we would have one, uh, for our listeners who aren't familiar, uh, Atlanta has a perimeter highway called 285 and everything that's ITP in the perimeter has traditionally been cooler than the things OTP. Yes. outside of the perimeter. Yes. So we always expected to have a cafe ITP. Uh, because we grew up OTP and we wanted to be cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, but the opportunity just kind of arose and yeah, uh, we landed in Alpharetta and we were like, we're going to have to, you know, have some banging syrups and um, no sort of uh, you have to drink cappuccino or... Or have like a super crazy single origin drip or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, even when we first landed in Alpharetta as a pop up, we only had twelve ounce as like twelve ounce was our largest size. Yeah, and it oh, was a big. We, yeah, we still don't do a large latte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so here, like, we kind of had to make that pivot because I don't really know where we would be if we still if we only had twelve ounces. Um, and it's awesome that you guys can do that because I totally love that um but we eventually just you know 
three shot 16 ounce latte uh and uh i we got i i you know i kind of think back to when people would come in and and get upset with us i'm like have they ever been back do they do they know that we changed that (laughs) maybe but i think it's like one of those things you have to like weigh the um pros and cons of doing it like are there enough people complaining about it Mm -hmm. Uh, or like that uh it's going to make or break your business and like how important is it to you like we really we have a 10 ounce latte and that is our Mm -hmm. biggest latte cup Mm -hmm. um and we really stayed true to that and we i mean there's been a few people who ever want a bigger one we say like bring your own cup and a wall you know, we'll put it in there. And if you want an extra shot, that's fine. Like we're, yeah. you know, we're happy to make modifications for people. And I think it's, but it is like one of those things where we, we added a large coffee drip like a few years in. We're like, oh, people want a 16 ounce coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all those little things that you kind of have to realize like, oh, this is what people want. And it really is not changing the core values of our business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome that you guys have been able to, to do that. Mad respect. Yeah, we we run into that all the time, especially the years that you go on. It's like, I think from the get-go, we've only had two alternative milks, like oat and almond. And just some people are like, do you have coconut? Do you have soy? Yeah. Every day. And we're just like, no. And Or Splenda, the Splenda thing. Well, yeah, we nev- we've never done Splenda. People also ask for sugar-free syrups every day. And we, yeah, we, we, we haven't made that switch either. And I'm trying to think what else we don't. People... I- we started we bringing. We do have in, Splenda, so we are at a loss. We that's where we. We have one cool point on you. Wow, <laughs> we are SCA approved now. Um, <laughs> and one thing though that I had to put the the brakes on was we, and it's just weird that we have the control over this as like a business, but we started getting some heavy cream in for all the keto heads who want heavy cream, but people really kept asking for heavy cream lattes. <laughs> Ooh. like 16 ounce 12 ounce and i was just like we're gonna kill you i in good faith and like good conscience can cannot i, I we have to refuse and it would be like 10 bucks because we've got like the little organic cartons that are yep. like six bucks heavy cream's expensive oh yeah. yeah and it's concentrated but that's just that's the world we live in there's the push and pull of like what yeah what affects your brand what defines your your brand and sometimes we bend and sometimes we get the bigger cup and sometimes we got to be like ah, nah mm. I was- yeah i we don't have heavy cream we have half and half so mm-hmm. but we've had like i don't but it's like five people a year probably who ask for a brevet like a half and half latte and it's always like huh mm. that's a lot and they're like yeah starbucks i get like the biggest i can with heavy cream and i'm like wow that is <laughs> That is a, that is heavy. That's very heavy. Oh yeah, it's like literally a heavier cup. <laughs> yeah, some heavy to it. cream. Um, changing gears a little bit. One of the things I'm intrigued about about your company, ever since I've seen, ever since I've come in contact with you online, is this thing that we talk about uh, over the years within Valor of. The difference between our local brand and our global brand, um, and you know, local brand meaning literally geographically, you know, Alpharetta, Roswell, Atlanta, like that kind of just North Georgia area, people that come into our cafe uh, 
you know, in future cafes that we have, like they are just, they're regulars, you know, that's our, our, that's our local brand. Like how those local people perceive our brand is like one category. And then global brand is more so on the roasting side where it's like, you know, a multi roaster in Colorado buys our coffee, not because they've been to our cafe, which some people, sometimes that's the case. Like maybe they were traveling and they came into our cafe and, you know, they love the coffee. And so they went back to Colorado and wanted to buy our coffee. But there's also a lot of people, and I'm sure you've had this too, where like some, some people in London, like who had never been to our cafe or, or whatever, they just liked our global brand. They liked the visual aspects of it. They liked the mission of our company and like what we're about, just the, you know, something maybe, maybe it was as simple as they liked our packaging, you know, whatever it was, but they identify with our global brand. And I feel like for you guys, like your global brand is, is so enticing and so just pleasing to engage with. And I'm interested to hear like, is that something you think about? Cause like when I go on your Instagram, it's not just a bunch of pictures of your cafe, getting local people to come into your cafe. That is part of it. But you're also kind of like t- more towards that global approach. So is, is that something you think about or are you just kind of naturally um, good at it? That is, that's interesting. Uh, I think Chris and I have a lot of conversations about all sorts of things that kind of like touch on both. Um, he does run the Instagram. I don't actually ever go on social media. Um, so I'm not a fan. Uh, so I think he does and Chris does all the social media and I think he actually does a really good job of like balancing that. Um, and I don't know how much of that is like a conscious, I think there is a conscious level of like getting people to come to the cafe and also like you said, recognizing that we are a bigger brand than just our cafe. Um, so that, that's interesting. I've never actually thought to ask him that. Um, I think when we're making decisions about coffee buying or, um, other decisions, I think that does come into play of like, uh, or even ra- raising prices of like, I'm sure you've had to as well. Like our green coffee yep. costs have increased like 30% in the last year. Hmm. And like, we have to raise prices because of the coffee we're buying year over year. It's just more expensive because of you know many things. Uh, and so there's the a- aspect of like, how are we now comparing to, other coffee roasters in terms of price of people buying online how were we in line with like for wholesale of like other coffee roasters that are people going to feel like we're now so out of touch and if so like how are those other coffee roasters not having to raise prices due to their costs and then also the impact of like okay well we're in a small town and we are the only specialty coffee and people aren't don't usually pay twenty dollars a bag of for coffee Hmm. so like how does how is that perceived? So I think decisions like that, that um, we, there's a lot of like, it touches all those different points. Um, I, I don't, I don't remember when this came up, but I don't think about like, I guess my day to day is so much of like, if especially if I'm over the cafe, it's like, I see my regulars and I talk to like, the older woman who we talk about recipes and like how her husband's being annoying at home. She needs to escape from him. <laughs> and like, 
there's so much of that my day to day is like connecting with like the people that come every day or that come weekly or whose kids have like been coming in since they were little. It's like, oh, they're going to kindergarten. We're so excited. So it is kind of funny sometimes to remove myself from the situation and be like, oh, yeah, there's so much more than that for us as well. It's not just like that. Um, But we don't have as much communication with the people who buy online. And um, but, yeah, there's decisions in terms of decision making. Yes. Um, But that's a really interesting question. I think it's very makes you think a lot about like what you're doing and um, how you're putting yourself out there as a brand and making it appeasable to all sorts of people. Mm. Uh, Another quick question. Do you have a fly harassing you? Yes. I keep trying to kill it. I don't know if you see me, but I'm like, Oh no, we've we've got the fly captured on, on video as well. We we see it all happening. And I just want to say, I'm sorry that you're having to deal with that fly cam. There's nothing we can do. So I'm I'm glad you've noticed. I'm like, oh, I'm sure they haven't noticed that I'm like swatting my foot at something. No, we no. just uh, we feel for you. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! You uh, got you got to do your thing. Yeah, I mean, to speak into that a little more, I mean, you guys really just have such a national reach with your roasting program, um, and I'm interested to see. You know, is there anything that you can attribute that to? Um, being, you know, you know, to give us as small town roasters and other small town roasters out there, um, is there like a moment that you recall where it was just like, oh, like, you know, we've got lots of cool people buying our coffee. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of if there was like a, a moment or, um, or it's kind of a lot of work that played into that. I mean, obviously, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, I just show up to work like once a week and like, yeah, you know, it just happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. I get it. Uh, sorry, he keeps, I'm like, he's so close, and then I think I got him. <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this podcast uh, so Melissa think- Kills Fly on Air. <laughs> on Air, yeah, <laughs> makes national news. Um, animal abuse. Animal yeah. abuse. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I think like when we created our brand, um, and Little Wolf is based off our dog, so it's our husky river. Um, mm. And so when we were doing it, it was just like something that's playful and like meant something to us because we would always walk around Boston and people would say like, oh, it's a little wolf because she's gray and white and um, scared of everything. People like, oh my God, it's a wolf on a leash. And I'm like, she, she's literally just like a giant baby (laughs) um so that's kind of how it started and i think there was never like when we were branding we wanted to be that like we are on the shelf like people want to work with us and wholesale with us because our packaging is appealing and we're on the shelf with other coffee that you know is professional looking so when we were branding it was definitely important that it the packaging looked nice and like also was stay true to like who we were and we, what we wanted our business to be, which was like playful and fun, but not too serious. And I mean, there's drawings of our dog again on the bag. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly not too serious. Um, so it was never like, Oh, we're going to, we want to be so big. And like, that is the goal of what our brand and our image is. Uh, so I don't think it was ever like, this is our conscious decision. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this, how are we going to get there? Who, 
what do we have to do? Um, and I think it was really like, I don't know if you had this issue, but starting off, we, I would reach out to so many coffee shops and be like, Hey, we would love to work with you. Like we visited, we, um, whatever, can I send you samples? And so many of them would never respond or would send you would send samples and it would just like go into darkness and no one would ever talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's what really, um, I think we had like one wholesale account in New York, Troy, New York, carry us. And I think once like people saw us at places, they were like, Oh, that's cool. Like this coffee is good. And I think it got like started to trickle down of like other coffee shops more interested in like talking to us. Um, and I think that's the biggest validation point is like people seeing your coffee somewhere else. I think that's really where it started to happen. Um, and I think for us, it's always been about being friendly and like being really responsive and helpful. And, um, also Chris and I both are kind of, I feel like pretty grounded of like, we don't think what we're doing is like the best thing or like earth shattering. We're doing it better than everyone else. Like Mm. we're all roasting coffee. We're all doing a pretty similar thing. None of us are really doing it better than each other. We're maybe doing it a little bit different. We're choosing different green coffee or whatever, but Mm -hmm. um, it's not like what we're doing is better than you or better than anyone. Um, So we've kind of always been pretty grounded of like, you know, we would love to work with you, but we're not like the best of anything. Um, so yeah, I don't think, I think just being really open and kind to people and like wholesale has kind of helped us grow, but I, I don't, there's probably, I think when we started to have accounts in LA, that was probably where it was like, Oh my God, this is like, this is awesome. Like this is cool. Totally. Can you rank your wholesale partners for us on air? <laughs> Sounds really smart. Yes. Favorite uh, to yes, least I, favorite. I would love to. <laughs> good, 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 good. Um, the ones that send us Christmas gifts, which actually I don't think is anyone. Um, <laughs> yet. Whoa. This is a shout out. If you work with Little uh, Wolf, they need Christmas presents. <laughs> yes. Um, particularly our dogs. Um, yes. Our dog Felix goes through a lot, a lot of toys. So he would like some new squeaky toys. That's the biggest request. Um, I think our our brand, uh, packaging company, the people that make our bags, always send us a Christmas gift. Uh, and is, that's it, very is it Saver exciting. Brands, perchance? What? Is it Saver Brands? It is. The oh, cookies? Shit. Do they send you a gift, too? Yeah, the sorry. Hawaiian cookies? It's not is just that what we're talking sorry. about? Damn. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> it used to be chocolate-covered macadamia nuts. Yep. Did you ever get those? No. We might have been a year late to that one. Oh, so there were these whales that were chocolate chocolate covered macadamia and those were legit Mm -hmm. and then they sent us the cookies and i was like hey thanks for the cookies but like next year what about that (laughs) like the nuts next time okay right right yeah (laughs) i'm i'm hearing just throughout several things that you've said i'm hearing this theme of like this balance I'm all about the duality and the balance today guys wow ross um it's really like profound stuff i don't know um just like you know, you want to be true to yourself, but you also want to be empathetic to the market. And this, it's like kind of something we talked about on our last show with uh, one of our importers, Unblended. I don't know if you've heard of Unblended. I haven't. Um, but that's cool. I'll tell, I, I don't buy any green coffee anymore. So um, I'm pretty out of touch with anything cool. So, well, hey, come okay. on. Well, anyways, he, he was talking about this thing of like everything 
we do has to be validated by the market. Like it doesn't matter how good the idea is to us. It doesn't matter like how, you know, cool we think something is like ultimately it has to be validated by people wanting to buy it. Um, and of course there's some just intangible things of like, you know, what if we have a cool drawing in the corner of our bag? It's like, you know, we can't quantify if that really matters or whatever, but I just hear this theme with you of like you, everything you do, you want it to be genuine to you. And that's what makes little wolf, little wolf. But you're, you know, you're also like, we do want the packaging to look great so that we get on the shelves. You know, it's like, I just think that's such a important and wise line to walk with like different business decisions. So that's, that's cool that you guys think that way. Maybe. Yeah. I, I think some of it's like subconscious and there's, but there's obviously like a conscious level. Uh, I do think for me getting off of social media was huge. Um, like Chris can go on social media and like see other businesses and be like, that's really cool that they're doing that, but that's not our business. Like mm. we don't need to be making this like crazy drink or like, we don't need to um, do this with our packaging or have a 12 ounce bag or whatever. Uh, like that's really cool. They do it, but it's not us. And I had a problem of being like, Oh, all these other businesses are doing X, Y, Z. And like, we're not cool enough. Like we need to be trying to do everything in order for people to like us. And like, we're not doing enough or we're not. um... And so for me, it was like the comparison of like, well, is that cool? And we're not doing it. And Chris has like a, I think he has a really good sense of like, that, that is not our core business. Like we do not need to do that. Or like, this is not us. And um, after thinking about it, be like, Oh yeah, we don't, I don't know why I'm thinking this, but I think I, got too stuck in like worry that everyone else was doing something we were or whatever. That is so good. Like just the, the paralysis of comparison on social media. Like when I I can remember so many different times, I think, I think specifically like we similar to you, we went through a season of like, Hey, we're roasting now. We got some pretty cool packaging. Like let's travel everywhere and send everyone samples and, like that's going to be our jobs now. And it didn't really yield much uh, similar to you. The, a lot of the success we've had in wholesale has just been people already connecting with our brand and reaching out to us. And so uh, I remember like in that season of us kind of doing a lot with samples and, you know, who knows how much coffee <laughs> we sent out <laughs> and what the dollar amount is, you know, quantified to that. Um but I remember just like comparing our brand to other, like, let's say we really wanted to land this, you know, exclusive account in LA, you know, like whatever the coolest thing is. It's like, we see the other coffees on their shelf and it's like, man, are we as cool as them? And it's like, that does matter in some degree. Cause it's like technically competition. Although we don't really think about competition that much, but it's like actually the best way for us to, find the right customers is for us to like be rooted in who we are and like put out things that are original. They don't even have to be original. I mean, they're just like, they're us. And the more we can be sure of who valor is, the more potent and like focused our brand will be. And then the people that really connect with our brand will like really connect with our brand as opposed to just like, you know, open-handed. We're like, doing it all. We're doing everything. Do you want something? We have it. Someone else. Do you want, do you want something? Do you want solid quality? You want stripes? We got all the packaging. Got everything. 
Yeah, and that's just exhausting, and it's actually not helpful. So I, I definitely see that in your brand a lot. I think for me, like Chris has a good sense of that core, but I think for me, getting off of social media got like got rid of the distractions for me of like having other ideas of what our brand is, and it became more of like, oh, this is what I want us to be, or this is what our brand is, because it's like what I think it is and what I know, and not because I'm seeing what other people are doing and being influenced by that. Um, so I think that was like you said. I think it makes you a stronger brand, and for me, I just kind of have to do that on my own for sure. Uh, and I also think there's like very different directions for roasteries to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like there's some that kind of stay true to like what they want to be doing. And then some that kind of take the route of growth and buy like maybe more milder, sweeter coffee that is a little bit lower price points. So they can sell the bakeries and like have a higher volume than there's ones that mm. kind of do the different direction of also like, going into grocery stores and um yeah. so i think there's also that aspect too of like what you want your brand to be what what are you most excited about for little wolf right now like what when you get to work what makes you excited to work on uh <laughs> that's a good question um i don't i don't know i think we're like the last month has been a lot of growth of moving the cafe out. Um, and so the growth of also like, I have now this space for myself and what will my office look like of now actually having a space that is not the world's tiniest desk in the middle of a roast and cafe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's exciting. Um, are, are you on bar ever like on the schedule? Um, the last month and a half I have been. Um, but regularly, like a year ago, Chris and I took ourselves off of it and then I had to go back on because we were short staff and now I'm getting myself back off. Nice. Yeah. That's a big transition because it sounded like, especially in the beginning, you were doing just about everything, but now you're starting to specialize, uh, what you do. Could you speak to kind of that role split between you and Chris of what you specialize in and enjoy doing and working on and what Chris does? Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I talk to people all day. He does the work. Um, just kidding. Uh, I definitely am more, uh, so he does all the roasting, uh, and green coffee buying. And so that's definitely his role is really like all things, green coffee and, uh, the direction of like our menu and I'm all things kind of back end and finance and bookkeeping and um, financial strategy of like keeping things paid. And in the cafe, we definitely converge on like what is important for us for drinks and um, that kind of stuff. And we both designed it. I think Chris probably had a little bit more. He found a little bit more things and had like a little bit more input because of just time wise. But um, cafe, we kind of split our and share. But in terms of like people management, that's more on me of like managing our baristas and schedules and all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Kind of sounds like you guys both just do what Riley does for us, <laughs> and we're just sitting pretty over here. Yeah, we just we're just we just do the podcast. Yeah, we do the podcast. Yeah, and Riley does all the work on the podcast. 
Um, that seems what, that seems fair. I think it should just be one person doing everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Business one on one. Yes. Yeah. Well, you guys don't know guess. that I have a, a, a virtual assistant in. Uh, oh. Somewhere that helps me. I don't even somewhere don't even far know their away. Name. I just you know pay him. Dang. All day. Dang. Uh, Melissa, what is your favorite thing about being a boss? Uh, flexibility. Uh, like flexibility with schedule and um, what I have to do each day and when I do it. And, um, I uh, I get to spend time with our dogs in the morning. Like Chris gets in at like 5.30, 5.45 um, and oh. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I get up with our dogs and I get to hang out with them for a couple hours. And um, so I think that's a big benefit and also i a few years ago decided i really need to do something like for myself every day and i started exercising more regularly and i um i have the flexibility to like leave early at like four to go exercise and that's what i want to do and um i just mm-hmm. have to get my work done when i get my work done so i think that's a huge plus what is one of the hardest things in this season about being a boss <laughs> everything uh i think it's balancing what you're managing um and also i think people management is very hard of making sure i i want to make sure everyone feels happy and i think that that's really heavy to like try to ensure the happiness of all the people around you uh, which is definitely a me issue um but i think Mm. it's that and also just when things go wrong at the end of the day, it's like you are the ones having to fix it. Like, you know, if someone doesn't come in or something breaks or something floods, like you are the person who's on the line to fix it. Or if you, your bank account needs money, like you are the one who has to figure it out. Like all these kind of problems are your problems at the end of the day. It's not like you just leave work and you're like, bye, see you tomorrow. Like all those kind Mm. of things are there forever for you. No doubt. Do you, do you guys, uh, I, I was going to, one of the questions we wanted to ask you is like, where do you see Little Wolf in three years? But I guess before that, like, do you even think that way? Like, do you, are you kind of like goal visionary people or are you just more like, hey, let's, let's take it as it comes? Um, so in three years, I see Little Wolf taking over the world. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Quite literally. I, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I had to take we surrender. What does that mean for us? <laughs> um, I mean, what does it mean for everyone? Little Wolf is like everyone just has to wear wolf suits all the time. It's really mm. kind of what I envision. Dang, our roughy shirts. Ruffy yep, shirts. our roughy. <laughs> yep, roughy shirt. And everything has to be blue. Sounds um, like a weird indie film. Like, it does. what was that one when that guy uh, he turns into a what does he turn into at the end of the movie? Gosh, this is flopping. <laughs> All right. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you, hey, do you remember what the guy turns into at the end of the if movie? If you remember, make sure to comment. My wife know. would know. Smash right. like if you know what the guy turns into at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about Shrek? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty... Is this, are you talking about Shrek? Is that no, it? I think he's, like, he's green. He's a telemarketer, and okay. he's making calls all the time. Very recent movie with Lakeith Stanfield. The like I don't know anyone. The guy from Atlanta. Yeah. The I, like, thank you for what? Yes, or like, sorry to bother you, or something like yes. that. Yes, he turns into something. 
Yeah, he has a really stressful job. I think he's making like telemarketer calls the whole movie, and then eventually sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Okay, we're there getting somewhere. He turns into like an animal, like a horse. He turns into a horse. <laughs> Literally. Uh, Great. So, so I'm really similar glad. to my vision, except everyone turns into a husky. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Oh. Husky related question. Because you are an alumni of Northeastern University, which is the Huskies, obviously. Yeah. Did that uh propel you to get a husky? <laughs> no. Oh okay. your college pride uh, is just are you being sure? Yeah. yeah, not actually um really associated at all. Also not really a sports person. Like I went to a few hockey games, but um I purposely never brought her to campus. Oh. which I had her in college, but I really wanted to keep like keep my hustiness all to myself like sure. i don't yeah. know uh well, thanks for your vulnerability yeah. there <laughs> so, uh, yeah i funny enough no just yeah um i feel like where you live is a very appropriate place to have a husky but we see people with huskies in georgia and i'm always like why why do you hate your dog so much why would you do yeah. that do you can you speak to that is that a legit concern that i should be having um, or is it like oh they're fine so river lived in florida for a little bit and she they do self-regulate like their hair and like shedding when they need to and um she also like in the summer will like go out and sit in the sun and just be like bask in it. And I'm like, mm. yeah, you're going to die. You have to come inside. <laughs> uh, like this is not an option for you. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's the best choice because like even in the summer, I don't really walk her up here unless it's like really early in the morning before it's mm. gone hot because a, she's gotten old and B it's just too hot. Like she's, so I, I don't think it's the best choice, but you know, if they love them and they're taking care of them, I guess it's not my place. Wow. Sure. Yes, Ethan. Yeah. Hey, so, no, yeah. I, no, I will. I haven't told anyone that they should. I mean, be I husky. just, I don't, <laughs> I don't want a bunch of uh, death threats from husky lovers in yeah. Georgia. We, we, we got go. we got a death threat for acting like uh, Riley's dog was drinking a coffee that one time. Remember? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Did you ever? Yeah. Have you ever used River like in your product work? And oh, then someone's like, "You're killing your dog." <laughs> no, because we've tried, and she hates the smell of coffee. Mm-hmm. She won't even get near it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we would try to get pictures with her, and she'd be like, "Nope, nope, 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 nope," and just like back out. And so it's not for lack of trying. It's because she is a useless model. Oh, I know. Like, what What do we pay her for? Like, why are you around? Right. Well, she should be getting think, paid for being the mascot of your company. No offense. I, I know. <laughs> Free room and board. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Uh, yeah, so there is a, the best restaurant in Atlanta. Uh, it's called Little Bear. And the owner... Named it after his Pyrenees that people said. Oh, that's yeah. Looks like that a bear. Looks like a little. Yeah, that's cute. Um, so that's that's pretty <laughs> close, but uh, it's definitely uh, they they definitely put out some amazing food. So uh, I'll have to add it to the list when we ever go to Atlanta. I think our next restaurant or our next cafe has to be called Little Squirrel because our second husky is a small husky. Ah, perfect. And he is pretty much just a squirrel like an oversized squirrel he like eats acorns and um like climbs on tables and mm. dang well hey do you have any uh any 
coffees from other roasters that you've tried lately that you just love and want to shout out? Um, and if you don't, then that's fine too. I think there was also a question I didn't answer. I think I went into Ooh. something about dogs, by the it way. Was, it was about your plan to take over the oh. world <laughs> <laughs> with this really odd Yeah, so plot let's do that have. question first. Very sick. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think at some point we had talked like we used to when we first opened. I had that like mindset of like, where are we three years from now? What is our goal? How many cafes do we want? And I think especially like after COVID and like COVID was such a veer of like, and now we're going this way. Um, mm-hmm. I think that really changed that mindset of like, we need to be planning three years from now because I think you just can't plan. And it's much more of like what we want to achieve this year. And um, so we don't, I think, and like what feels right, like if another cafe feels like the right time or is the right space, like that's, we would do it, but it's not like, oh, we have to open another cafe in the next three years. Um, so much more living in the moment. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think, again, one of the other strengths that I've noticed is just that you guys are people of the community. Like, people know you. You're you're on the, you know, front lines making the product. Like, you're talking to the ladies about their husbands in the cafe you know, um, I think that is just such a strong element and it for us, like we're, we want to have, we're, we're opening our second cafe in, uh, Dunwoody, which you're kind of familiar with this area. Do you know Dunwoody? I don't. I'll have to ask Chris. Um, yeah, ask Chris. because that's, he grew up in Alpharetta and then moved to Cumming. And so he knows that area really well, uh, right where he, but I don't, I'll ask him. Yeah, oh, Dun- he, he knows. <laughs> Dunwoody is more towards uh, the city, as we like to call it here. Um, but, you know, we want to have more than two cafes. We're not trying to, like, turn the whole world into wolves or anything. But, like, <laughs> we – and so in that pursuit of uh, growing our business, we never want to lose, like, the soul of Valor. Like, when you walk into our Alpharetta Cafe and then definitely, like, when we walked into little wolf, there's just this sense of like handmade, like whoever did this really cares about it mm-hmm. and they are a human or a couple or, you know, in our case, a thruple, not really. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh my gosh. you know, like there, there's just that sense of soul, you know, like you walk into a place that's more corporate and you may have a good experience, but at the end of the day, you're like, there's not just this like, I don't know. I can, don't know yeah, can you smell it. that? Because I, I feel like that's just something that's always been on our radars. Is like, I feel like I used to have this very immature thought that like, the more money you had, the better your space could be. But going to places and being like, this costs millions of dollars, but I do not want to be here right now. You don't like connect with the brand, really. Right. But versus like going to a place that was so bootstrapped, but you're like. I love this place. I'm in love with this place. Like I'm going to live here. Yeah. How's yeah. That, how's I, that hit you? I definitely, I know what you're saying of like, where it's like, Oh, this feels so polished, but it's like a little too polished. And there's like no personality behind it. And, um, and you're like, Oh, this is actually just like, kind of feels a little bit like produced to like knit money or something. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, yep. so uh, I asked a question, but we hadn't a- answered the previous question, and it was any coffee. Are there any coffees from other roasters you've had that you love Aww. lately? Uh, so we used to actually, we used to have like uh, subscriptions to, I don't remember which one it was, but it was like you would get a different coffee roaster every month. and. Mm-hmm. Was it Barista Hustle? I don't know. It was a was long time ago. Mm. Um, and we loved doing it, but the problem was, was we don't drink coffee at home. And mm. so we were just throwing out so much, or not throwing out, but like drinking coffee like a year later. Um, <laughs> and uh, we don't drink nearly as much coffee as I think people assume that we do. I don't know if it's the same for you guys. Or- Absolutely. I don't know. Ross? Drinks a good bit of coffee. Would you say you're backing off these days? Um, I whenever I'm at home, I make a I make a pot of coffee for me and my wife, and we drink. I drink a cup of it, and, and you then love when, it, and I love it. And yeah. then when I'm here, we make coffee, and then I usually have like two of these. Which listeners, I'm holding up a yellow Fire King ten ounce. Nine ounce, nine ounce mug, uh, so I I drink like eighteen ounces at most. Wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I, I guess that, that's probably we probably drink like eight ounces. Chris probably drinks like six ounces. I at home don't make it. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we like he will order coffee if you see something that um, Chris will order if you like see someone has the same coffee. It's like sometimes we'll do coffee sauce with the roasters or. Um, we will, uh, or if he says something interesting online where he's like, oh, this sounds really weird. I'd love to try this. Um, I think we actually end up drinking more coffee when we travel. And we were just in Vancouver and we um, went to some shops there and there was a lot of great um, coffee there. And I think, I'm trying to remember. 49th Parallel? Uh, we did go to, uh, we did have their coffee, um, but it was Nemesis actually I'm thinking of. That's um, a scary name. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, scared. They, we went a couple times and they have really beautiful shops and, the, um, amazing pastries. So their coffee was really good and they had a good, um, felt like a good coffee program of like they're doing, they still care about the coffee and all that. So that was really delicious, but I, there's so many good roasters out there and, um, uh, we had your coffee, I guess, a year ago now, and that was delicious. Uh, was it a year ago? It was. Uh, we're coming up on it. I'd say it's, it was 11 <laughs> months ago, mm. 10 and a half uh, months ago. Yeah, I think it, probably a better question for Chris because he makes, he'll make a lot of pour overs here in the morning of mm-hmm. coffee that he orders. Um, but it's not for lack of like, we definitely don't want to stay in our bubble of like, what only caring about what we're doing and like what we're doing is all that matters. Um, so mm-hmm. especially for him, he likes to try what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's just like, a we used to also regularly cup and we would get other people's coffee putting up on the cupping table. And I think that was really fun and a great way to keep trying other people's coffee, but it's just been kind of like a weird, really busy like year. And I think we just kind of, for me, I've gotten a little bit out of touch with like ordering and looking at other people's coffee because, especially since there's nothing local, 
It's not mm. like you're going to go run someone else's shop mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I'll grab a bag. Mm. Is there a Whole Foods in Ipswich? No, there's a Whole Foods in like 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. Respect. Um, do you guys mind if I lightning round some questions to Melissa? Go for it. Do you mind if I lightning round some questions to you? Sure. Oh, great. Thank you. Answer in four words or less. No. Just kidding. Uh, how is your Seneso? Great. Oh, great. Uh, cappuccino. <laughs> would you rather have a cappuccino or a pastry right now? <laughs> you can't have both. Gold content. That's really mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, We're on a budget. Choice? Pastry. Yeah, I knew it. Um, would Same. You, Carbs forever. Clam roll or lobster roll? Lobster. Okay. Um, if you had to pick a place to get your lobster roll from, where would it be? Bob Lobster, but only because they do warm rolls, and I don't like cold lobster rolls, and it's hard to find a warm lobster mm. roll. Respect. Respect. I have one. Have you ever been to Ticonderoga Club in Atlanta? No. It is based off of the part of the world you live in. And it also happens to be my favorite restaurant in the world. Wow. And they have really great natural wine. And they have really great cocktails. And it's awesome. And it's awesome. You would love it, Melissa. <laughs> you would love it. <laughs> Melissa, you would love it. I I really keep trying to convince Chris to go back and like I'm like, well, we should go visit Atlanta. And he's like, No. Yeah, we remember that conversation from our last time a, I think it's a humidity. It's really Hey, it's feeling pretty good yeah. down south right now. It, yeah. We woke up 55 degrees. We're only getting up to 79 today. It's crisp. Oh. Yeah, crisp sounds like crisp. So, yeah, there perfect. you go. Hearing that Chris didn't really like Atlanta, you know, kind of stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I think really... it's just going to high school. Like, I think something mm. about that scarred him. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, oh, oh, oh. Natural wine. You said you're into wine. You, it sounds like you were probably into wine before all the hipsters started talking about natural wine. What's your relationship with the concept of natural wine? And have you ever considered selling wine at your coffee shop like other coffee shops do? Um, not because they do it, just because you like yes, wine. Yeah. Not- uh, so, yes, actually, uh, before we ever opened a coffee shop, we'd actually talked about a wine bar for this um and actually we kind of designed the space the new space to be a wine bar as well busted um, ha. so that it, it's not like a, a media thing it's kind of like we always wanted to get settled and figure out what we wanted it to be so um yes uh so we have thought about it but kind of again not really because like someone else says it. it's just kind of always been chris has been collecting wine for a long time and um definitely a passion of his so that was kind of where it ever stemmed from. Uh, I like natural wine. Some of it's a little too funky for me, like a little too, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, weird, I guess. There's a mm. specific word I just can't think of, but some of it's a little too weird for me, but I do like it a lot. I like all wine. I'm not opposed to non-natural. Could you explain the difference between wine and natural wine for the listeners, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> totally not for you. Not for me. Uh, probably not well. I, I, 
I Chris, not the can Chris hear me? Chris, I feel like, uh, I'm going to offend someone. I think it's uh, it's just how they are uh, the process of making it and whether they're doing it with added sulfates and or whether they're doing it in the old world style of not adding sulfates to it, which makes it considered natural. I think you hit the nail on the head. Can I just say something about that real quick? No. Um, Let's move on. Sometimes I feel like it is just like synonymous with the term specialty coffee, something that means everything and nothing at the same time. Because there's, I've talked to wine people about natural wine, and I'm like, what are the parameters? And they're like, there's not really parameters. You just know. And I'm like, okay. So, But then think about specialty coffee. I know there's probably like the, yeah, well, it has to be above a... 80 on the Q grade scale. I'm like, yeah, but that's BS. But that's BS. Yeah. You so and it, it's not like a certification thing. It's not like a N temp or a DTR thing. It's just like you just know. And that's how I feel about natural wine. I'm like, there's no rules because I definitely see natural wines that are like we've added sulfites. And I'm like, but I thought that was natural wine. But the label looks cool. But it yeah, might, yeah. Is it's it just if the label's cool or not? Yeah. Is, I think that might be it. So if a, if a coffee bag is cool, it's specialty coffee, and if a wine bottle is cool, it's natural I, wine. I think that's kind of what you said. I'm kind of scared about the parameters of it, and that's why it's like I don't know what everyone – like that's my thought process on what you would consider natural, but totally. I don't know if that's an actual correct. Well, I would, I'd be in the same exact position. That's why I asked. And I would be in the same position if someone asked me, what's specialty coffee? I'd be like, oh. Have you ever seen it's a, good. A, a white cafe with cactuses in it? That's it's lighter coffee. wood. Um, yeah. The people, they're not happy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Teeny beanies everywhere. Teeny yeah. beanies as far as the eye can see. Hey, guys, I love teeny beanies. All right. Me too. Yeah. It's almost teeny beanie season. It's coming around. And uh, we'll, we should all wear a teeny beanie next podcast. Perfect. Melissa, do you got anything for us before we close? I just want to say, first off, thank you for your time. Yeah, that's great. I don't want it to end. It's been so fun. I'm sure you guys are trying to run away. Like, please let it. Yeah, end. we're trying to wrap for um, sure. <laughs> we are, we're so busy. Like, yeah. we have a lot, like a huge sales to close today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, talking with Google, uh, like Pfizer. It, you heard of Pfizer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, we don't do uh, anything. I don't know. I I guess. What do you? What do you like about doing specialty coffee? What What do you think are the benefits of owning a business? What do you think are the biggest negatives or challenges? Wow. It's very simple, but I really enjoy being able to come to work every day and drink fancy coffee. Like it, it actually is... I get, maybe, maybe it's on the top of my mind because it's like in the, at the beginning of my day, I get to have like a really nice coffee. Whereas... Normally, I'd have to like go pay for it, but I probably wouldn't do that. Like, I probably would just wouldn't drink coffee or like I don't know. But that's just like a simple, a simple pleasure that you, you just know. have access to a luxury item. Mm. Yeah, it's like working on a Ferrari dealership. Exactly, it's so much like that in every way. Hmm. Um, so, do yeah. you go get coffee when you're not at work? Like, you go to other shops? No, this dude was at Starbucks yesterday. That is true. <laughs> I bro was at Starbucks. I lived in a rural area and my Wi-Fi was out. I was trying to work from home. And so I went to my local Starbucks and 
worked. What'd you get? But yeah, what'd you get? I got a cup of coffee, light roast, wow. and I drank I, three sips. I have never drank drip coffee from there. If I go to Starbucks my once a year, I either get a pink drink, strawberry and cream frappuccino, nice. or hot chocolate. How's the hot chocolate? Actually amazing. I mm. like that was as a kid, I used to go with my dad all the time. Um, and it is my favorite hot chocolate. It is just like. Are you, going, you going whip or no whip on that? Uh, that's good a great question. question. Um, yeah, that's really good. You know, if I'm living my best life, it's whipped cream. Mm-hmm. Gotta yeah. add whip. Yeah, I feel I, like I, if you feel like you don't deserve it that day, <laughs> you're like <laughs> Melissa. No, no. <laughs> exactly. I've heard you really like vanilla in your hot chocolates too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> I've read it on that article about your company. Please. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I did some digging before this. That's how I knew about the Northeastern. I was going to point out that my last name is Rivers and your dog's name is River, but I couldn't really tie that in well. So I'm just (laughs) referencing it now so everybody knows. Uh, I guess no one has a Felix kind of relation because then that would really tie it all together. No. No. Uh, there was a restaurant called the El Felix that we all liked to go to. Um, (laughs) My wife thought about naming... A boy that we never had, uh, Felix. We didn't like lose the boy or something. I just mean like we had a girl instead. Girl, yeah. Everybody calm down. Uh, and I was like, if we have a boy, maybe. It means that, happy. It's a great name. Yeah, it is. Especially uh, for like a squirrel like dog. Yeah. Wow. To, uh, to answer your question <laughs> from my end, mm. um, I just really like, you know, it's, it's easy when you're in the day to day. To not step back and realize how blessed you are to have your own thing that you get to, or to really work for a company that you love. Because there's so many instances where things are happening that, you know, might frustrate you or stress you out. But then uh, whenever it's just, you know, the three of us in a meeting talking about designing our cafe, I'm like, wow, I have like the best job in the whole world. So to be able to, do things that might be my strengths that will also help my company grow and make money. It's really cool. Yeah. And specifically with specialty coffee, it being in this industry, uh, I think in ways we stumbled into this because we more than anything, just care about making people happy. Uh, so to get to kind of push back on a narrative of pretentiousness is, uh, is really cool. Yeah, fun. I definitely agree. That's huge for us, too. I agree on that. Yeah. What about you, Goofin? I don't want to answer. Dang, <laughs> I'm, you're salty today, man. I'm just joking, dude. I'd love to answer. Um, You mentioned it. I can't remember exactly what you said. I'll start with one of the hardest things. Um, Having a company that is reliant on people and, like, personality was really hard for me to digest for like the first probably two years of having a coffee shop um, because we're in a industry that has so many pros, but one of the difficulties is that it's hard to move up in a small business, like in a small coffee business. And so you can only have um, employee retention for so long. You can have high employee retention, but... Um, eventually people are going to leave. And so I, I struggled with a lot of like fear and like control issues 
watching really talented people that I wanted to grow with us move on because we were limiting their growth due to our lack of growth, 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 growth. Um, and that was hard. But now that we're growing in some like tangible steps, there's a lot more hope there of like building a team around us three and like starting to diversify leadership and like get more heads beyond us that can contribute to uh, the vision and like well-being of this company gets me super excited. Um, And I love working in a team. So doing a thing like I'm in the cafe most of the time and just my job to like be a part of a team and like help coach and lead a team is just an amazing opportunity. And I love when we like win and lose together and just go through the ups and downs of a like insane data at a cafe. Um, And my, one of the best things about it too is like, there's all these really cool things about coffee, but it's nice when crud is really hitting the fan at work and you can just be like, I'm just making coffee for people, you know, like I'm not doing brain surgery I'm not like, I don't know, the president, the president. And so like the quote unquote, like worst case scenarios when things are tough, it's just like, we might just not serve coffee for an hour or we'll close early. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> so we're kind of like in a, a really cool growing industry, but it's also at the same hand, like there's some lightheartedness to some of the harder seasons too. So That's I love good it. Perspective. Thanks, Mark. I just like the look on people's face when I get to tell them I own my own company. That's awesome. That's really yeah. When you really put it back on yeah, yourself. Yeah, when you yeah. tell them that you're the sole owner right. of like your <laughs> coffee yeah. company. Yep. I just love the respect that garners me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do it for the for the respect, for the for the fame, for notoriety. The fame. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I don't know if you've had the same situation, but I feel like I get the most like interest out of doctors because every time it's like oh well, what do you want to do for work and it's like yeah i own, own a coffee shop because if you start with roastery they don't understand what that is they're like you're grinding your own coffee yes <laughs> i know same <laughs> yeah we grind so, it in-house every grinded. day <laughs> yep and they're like that's a big grinder back there and yes. so every time it's like a doctor's <laughs> office they're the ones who are like well you keep us going like that is amazing you keep it's always the doctors that are like most intrigued <laughs> Oh, huh. you see that? Uh, we do have a lot of uh, healthcare professionals in the space, and they they are very appreciative. So mm. I'll back that up. Yeah, that's always funny when people ask me what I do. I always say I own a coffee business, and I need to stop oh. saying that because it. They're always like, "Oh, so like you grow it? a coffee shop?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> and, well, I'm gonna, I'm and a roastery and a podcast." <laughs> yeah. I'm a podcaster. That's what I say. I'm, I'm a YouTuber. Yeah. I'm a content. I'm an award-winning <laughs> content creator. Content creator. You should say influencer. I yeah. Think that's Perfect. More I'm accurate. A coffee influencer. Yeah. I bet you don't know, but I have uh, 600 followers on Instagram. You know, I like to think we're all influencing someone. Yeah. It's not a matter of if, but who. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Melissa, my last question is, are you a Patriots fan or are you more of a Tom Brady fan and now you're like a Buccaneers fan? <laughs> um. I don't really watch football. What? Um, I know. But just hypothetically, you know. Uh, so Patriots because it's like local, but mm. um, my dad's a big 
Tom Brady fan. He lives in Florida, so he was really excited about that. Ooh, but don't big really. Wins. I'm big a big props. Super Bowl fan. I love oh. wings. I love nachos. Mm-hmm. Do you I do the buffalo the dip? The buffalo chicken dip? <laughs> yeah, we've done that. I'm actually, it's it's fine, but I'm definitely more of a like wings nachos. Mm. Do like, you bake them or fry them? What? Do you bake or fry your wings, or do you do a dry rub or a sauce or both? <laughs> so Chris bakes them. He does like a brine and bakes them, and he does a really great job. Um, but I will, I have ever fried them, brine? especially if it's boneless. And then we usually do half and half. We usually do a dry rub, and then when um, I am a buffalo sauce like kind of sort like my desert item would probably be buffalo sauce. Wow. I get that. I love buffalo sauce. Love it. Yeah. What, well, what hey, brand? Oh, I don't care. I don't. I, I don't really. <laughs> Just give it to me. Yeah. What about you? Should I care? Frank. Should care. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a classic. Frank. It is the classic yeah. of classics. I it, it is. Uh, it is the buffalo sauce. I can't think of a better cl- place to close than talking about wings with Melissa. Yeah, well, and we're, we'll have to get Chris's uh, his dry rub baked wing recipe and put it in the show notes. And of course. Was, did, yeah. And did you say he made a brine for the wings? It was oh, like brine. he... Never mind. Uh, so he's done it a few different times, and he does different things, but he always like baking sodas them beforehand to make... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because wow. uh, it dries them out, and it makes it extra crispy. Very wow. Um, My mind equals yeah. blown. Sometimes he smokes them, in which he does a different thing. So I, I don't know. I just I eat them. You're kind of sort of eating talent. the wings with the buffalo sauce. Yep. Are you using okay. buffalo sauce on the dry rub <laughs> because you love uh, buffalo sauce so much? Yes. Uh, Busted. I do, think, I do think I like whenever we just got get wings somewhere else. Like if we get like different sauces, like maybe we'll get an Asian sauce and a barbecue sauce. I also always have that for extra side of buffalo sauce i can dip all of them into buffalo additionally wow wow well this episode was brought to you by frank's buffalo sauce <laughs> frank's red uh all and right well perfect sponsor perfect uh thank you so much for being on the show melissa melissa, melissa. thank you melissa hey is the fly here can we give a shout out to the fly is he on camera or she i'm um, sorry he- it's definitely he. His name is Joe. Um, I don't know where Joe went. He was bothering me, and I never killed him. So Joe's around here somewhere. I'll, I'll give Joe your best. Well, we'll get a freeze frame of him and put him up as the yeah, thumb, thumbnail. Blow maybe. it up to like three pixels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. That sounds great. For all you listeners and watchers, uh, follow Little Wolf on Instagram and buy their coffee because it's it's the best. You'll it's be really glad you good. did. Very good coffee. Yeah. Any coffees you've been really enjoying that you want to suggest if if like some of our millions of listeners you know you could be getting the kiss of death here is all i'm saying are you familiar <laughs> uh no i'm not uh, it's when uh it's when a massive influencer pushes a small business to like <laughs> you're about to get like twenty thousand orders in for the coffee that you're about to say so why don't you just go ahead and say it and yeah it's been nice knowing you that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> uh I personally will always drink an Ethiopian. Uh, so we, I'm kind of torn. I really like the, we have a Hamasha right now. And then also um, a Leyu. And I really like both. Um, Melissa, thank you again. You're awesome. 
Uh, it was a treat Thanks. to meet you oh, 10 and a half months ago, and it's a treat to talk to you again uh, on the computer. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been really fun. And congratulations on your shop opening. That's a huge, huge thanks. win for the Little Wolf community. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks. Well, and no, after you. Oh, I was going to say, and soon be all the Little Wolves around the world when I take over. Yes. yes. Perfect. We all right, listeners, get do. ready. Get your roughy shirts ready. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. We love you. Love you.